0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Club W. Humans have been making wine for thousands of years, and they've been confused about which wine to drink for just as long. Club W takes the headache out of shopping for wine. Our listeners get 50% off their first order right now by going to
2: clubw.com forward slash christian. Today's show is also brought to you by Texture. Remember hearing us talk about Next Issue? Well, they've changed their name to Texture and have added all kinds of new features. So to get your all-access pass to the world's most popular magazines, visit texture.com slash christian and sign up for your free trial today. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast.
1: Three, two, one. Joey, do that thing
3: you do that sounds like you farting. <laughs> you know, Toby and Matthew you've and already Bridget this. and Jessica. You've
1: already sang we already this.
2: did this. It's probably after Christmas now. You can't even you remember
3: know. that. Yeah. It's
1: not even Christmas anymore. Just beatbox. Mm, 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 <laughs> you've done. <laughs> There you go. It's the Bad Christian podcast. podcast. We put the bad <laughs> in
2: podcasting. <laughs> Tell you what, I had a good time uh, when we did all those episodes with y'all. You've got to stop when I start talking. You have to stop when I'm talking <laughs> eventually. Nice. I'm trying to take I, it I over. I got Matt
3: some emotion, baby. Okay. So, uh, Matt some emotion. All right, just, you know what? <laughs> That's my <laughs> Christmas present to you, man. Merry Christmas. Hey, you just got emotion. There was,
1: nobody's ever given you that, man. <laughs>
2: i mean i I say i talked for 10 seconds now i have to start over and there's no nothing to it so i gotta act all spontaneous and start over again now okay (laughs) i'll tell you what guys i I sure did have a good time when i was hanging out with y'all back in charleston a couple of weeks that was a good trip we got a lot done it was dandy but uh, then i didn't tell you about going up visiting my folks after that yeah you told me well yeah i mean you told me very casually it was fun <laughs> yeah it's fun it, it really is enjoyable we could spend the whole week up there and uh and you know just the where they babysit the whole time so it's really funny watching obviously watching your uh you know grand your parents be grandparents and do what seems like a terrible job while also criticizing what you do as a parent for a week right. for a week straight not really that bad but it's kind of it, that was an interesting thing to Did watch your- but-
3: Did your mom and Bridget continue their uh, Facebook conversation? No,
2: no. Yeah, my mom. (laughs) Actually, my mom. Oh, that's interesting. As soon as this is good, as soon as my mom saw Bridget, she said something like uh, about the first thing she said to her when we got in the house. It was something about that. She says, Bridget, I think you were right on that Facebook thing. (laughs) I promise you, the very first thing was that. She said, I've been thinking about it, and I don't know why I said it that way. I think, I don't know, whatever. It was just some kind of. That's actually something really cool about your mom. She said something mystical too in there. It was something mystical in there about <laughs> I, I didn't really, un, you know. I mean, she she basically is a semi mystic, mystical person. Does Kabbalah, Christ, uh, Christianity, and all that stuff, and she right. she has this s- kind of spirituality that makes her she. But she so, there's some tenet of her spirituality that prohibits her for expressly talking about it. It's like some yeah. inner journey. It's weird. The whole thing is really weird. But that was the first thing he said. And then then my, then my, uh, well, I was there like five five days and my dad says something um, about, my mom says something about how funny Buddy sounded on the podcast. So <laughs> about, oh, yeah, no. I was sitting there, oh, we were gosh. sitting there eating dinner. I was like, oh, yeah. So you heard, I looked at daddy. I said, you heard when you were on, you heard when I take that phone call and you knew that was on the podcast? He goes, yeah, I heard it. so 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 they
1: actually listen to the podcast i I don't think
2: buddy does she probably let him listen to it when she heard right no they 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 just listen they just do they swear they act like they don't but he said he heard i said so i said you weren't mad that i did that without asking he goes well son you should have told me i mean you know he said he said i would be mad except for i like what i said is what he said
3: (laughs) I could just hear him, like, listening to himself saying, damn, straight.
2: He was saying he was nervous about it but because, you know, like, "Uh uh-oh, what did I say or whatever. But I wouldn't have, you know, betrayed him with something that was really bad or embarrassing or something like that. Totally. But he said, I like what I said, so I'm glad it was in there. He said, well, I don't remember. I think he was talking about the football play. I think he thought we were making fun of him, obviously, which we probably were a little bit. But he didn't care. I
1: love it. I just think it's – I think his football play is awesome. I just really like the name of it, Designed Chaos, and the way he says it. (laughs) And then my mom says,
2: I just – she does what she always does. She Says, "I just happened to, to you know, listen that time. I don't, I don't ever listen. <laughs> Swears she doesn't listen, but she, I guarantee, she listens to that probably every. Is, episode, is that, is that out of
3: love for you because you have said That's, multiple yes. times that you don't want right. your parents? I to don't listen.
2: want my mom to li- my mommy to I mean, listen to my it's podcast. It's so hilarious. No, I know she's the- going to, but she said, she act, she pretends like she doesn't. Part of it's like a oh uh, yeah, you're not that important as you think so. And like, they try to knock me down here and there because they think I got a big ego or something. It so has it's part, to suck, partly though. that, partly because I ask them not to. And so she pretends like, oh yeah, I actually did catch that when I know she's listening all the time.
1: But It's so funny. Like, they love you so much. Yeah. And it's hilarious to me that like, 'all both y'all's parents like seriously love y'all unbelievable <laughs> and are like Joey's parents figured out a way at least to listen to pastor with no answers yeah just le- less and even listen to one or two of bad Christian your parents eh, don't want to be embarrassed but are so proud and love their son so much who has the least emotion that they actually have yeah. to hide their listening yeah. how proud they are to listen my parents don't even know anything, anything like yeah. that's zero like there is no Chant. If I said bad Christian, they wouldn't even understand that. There would be n- there is nothing. nothing. There's nothing.
3: Yep. So you have more freedom than us. <laughs> yeah, I can say whatever the hell I want
1: for sure. I I have wondered if any of my family members have listened. Maybe I mean only because I don't think anybody they would have stumbled on it on their own. But maybe somebody like just told them or something. But there's no chance they could listen to that like they just they just wouldn't i mean it's unbelievable like y'all's parents would go to great lengths to
2: you just had to get over it it doesn't matter like it, it'd be nice to if i could really spend more time talking about my parents in my dream world it's like everybody would say everything on the podcast that was true about their wife and their parents and their life and right. people do that and people do that on entertainment and movies they write and stand up comedy i mean people do but it's hard to no, and they're listening, but I think the better thing to do would be if I could either complain about my wife or be honest or open up about my parents and stuff without feeling altered. That's the that's the whole thing that makes a podcast or any communication good is when, you know, cuz think about all the people who've heard the stories about them and their parents' relationship on other podcasts. Well, aren't you glad? Yeah. Aren't you glad they were they sure. they talked about? Of course. So, uh, you know, but that it inhibits that. So in my dream world, my mom wouldn't listen and then I'd feel more free than I than I do now. But I try to push that anyway. So I'm just going to get over it. My mom's a nut. So
1: you're trying to, you want me to say more since my parents don't listen. I well, should say that, more. First talk of all, shit about them. the
2: craziest, I mean, the way, how crazy your parents are is just yeah. off the chart. It's more entertaining than anybody else's parents I know. And they don't listen. So you're in pretty good shape. So I do think you could stand to open, yeah, I, open I, up I really a bit more about your parents.
3: I really, really wish we could talk to your dad without him knowing he's on that. You can do, we'll probably, do that I, Yeah, I
2: can do
1: that because he'll never know. So, yeah, I can get my dad on there for sure. He he would talk about, I probably could get him
3: to talk about politics and Clemson football for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, and it would I be mean, very funny. Hey, y'all, y'all listen to this. Y'all get a kick out of this. I I was telling uh, Rosa very specific information on where Clemson was at in their football season, and they beat North Carolina. So now, you know, Oklahoma, and if they win one more game and all this stuff, and so I, I had no intentions other than she was asking me questions. So I was giving her all this information. So while you're saying this real quickly, just so you know,
1: we are filming this uh-huh. and Matt might be showing it right now. Your belly button and belly are hanging out and, and your, you have hands your hands on your, your dog and,
0: <clears> and, you and you coughing in, you're lounging you
1: in your microphone with your hand in your crotch head. and your belly hanging out. <laughs>
2: this is, oh, you know what?
1: They have cough buttons on radios. We yeah, should, of course he, they we should get, do. get one of those. Do oh, you have a foot like, switch. If I button, When he knew he was going to cough, he could hit the button. Yeah, you can
2: get it as a foot but, pedal for on stage or anything you want. I'll be so
1: happy that people can see this. Are you yeah, done they can see what we do. No, the yeah, question is, is straight are straight. you done now?
3: No, I'm not. <laughs> so, anyway, the next day at school. No, anyway, the next day at school. We pick up. We pick up. That sounded like Adam Sandler. That was good. So we're trying do an impression of you. We picked up this girl that we we pick up every a prostitute morning who's, <laughs> who's a uh, who's a Carolina fan. And next thing I know, I'm just driving and I'm hearing Rosa say, and and then we play Oklahoma. And uh, my dad said, "You guys don't have any more games left because y'all are no good." And like she basically just totally destroyed Carolina to this girl, and like seriously gave all the information. If they win this, then they go to the championship. She actually like, knows oh about it. Gosh, like she's super, super interested, but I thought it was classic that she told a, a Carolina uh-huh. fan, yet my dad said, you guys aren't playing any more games. Yeah, I'm going to
2: have to rewind this podcast and figure out how in the hell did you get there, Joey? No, easy.
3: Easy. Toby said that his dad would talk about Clemson football. Okay. All yeah. right. Duh.
2: <laughs> Just pay <laughs> attention, Matt. Good Lord. <laughs> okay, that, thank you for reminding me. But anyway, so, you know, the the, the thing that came up was the discipline thing kind of thing, and, and should you be stricter on this or whatever, and Bridget's like asking, she asked you guys, when she saw you, how, she asked you, what she asked, how do you discipline a three-year-old or a two, like a toddler, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, uh, a kid that's like, uh, I guess like she was alluding that Georgia has a tough attitude. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. back and being mean to you guys, and there's nothing you can do, which is, you know the, basically she was saying there's nothing you can do with your crazy kid
2: right and what's your answer though like in- legitimately what's your answer to to that like a two and a half year old that is just it, this being defined i know that's classic it's, and everybody does every two-year-old's that way but what is what's the answer i mean it, it well what's really physical. interesting is that also like your
1: the first thing you took care of was your dog reggie who most people would say is one of the worst dogs oh he's around. the worst yeah <laughs> and now you're having trouble with your kids, so I don't blame oh, or oh, Georgia. Oh yeah, for at all. sure, it's, it's all bad parenting. <laughs> Bless their hearts, All the stuff they're yeah. going through.
3: It Could I mean?
1: Can
0: you could imagine be the two people
3: in their life? Oh, certainly is.
0: That's <laughs> I mean, why with, I'm asking with, for help.
3: With situations like that, like there, there are times when you actually have to overcome them physically. And what I mean by that is, so when Waylon was that age and he did stuff that we told him not to do, we'd say, "Look, we are going to put you in your room. We're going to shut the door and." He figured out how to unlock the door, and so I would literally have to stand there yeah, outside the door and hold, hold the doorknob. That's what we do for out So He could not leave. Yeah, yeah. And he finally gave to up consistent. and went to bed and yeah. screened himself to sleep. But there's not, I mean, I can't let him win. That's right. Yeah, that's I the funny thing. Overall, I think you have to do something
1: physical. I think you have to remove them from the situation, make them sit by themselves, keep putting them back yeah. away from the, wherever, you know, they can get attention. They have to be separated from all that. You have to do something physical.
2: Yeah, My, I, that's what we do. We we hold the doorknob or whatever, same exact. And there's a timeout. All I can try to do is be consistent. But I told Bridget, she's asking, like, what could you possibly do? And I'm thinking, okay, well, it's basically just behavioral science to some degree because there's not really reason and logic. And they don't have the cognitive ability to really understand what you think they ought to understand because, of course, they know better, but right. they don't have the impulse control and the other cognitive functions. And I'm just, I tell Bridget, it's like, well, I mean, it's kind of simple for, you know, you could just use physical force or spanking or s- physical dominance to teach the lesson of don't defy this and don't smile and run away when i right. tell you you know what i mean you could overcome that for sure and it's interesting because i said to myself or out loud i said well basically in all human history and almost all human actions interactions for all of human history until the last 40 or 50 years maybe 20 30 years Physical yeah. violence has been the what you do, and hundred percent it works. Oh yeah, like a hundred percent it works, and it's been the solution for all of human history with children, animals, other people, like people, adults. Adults, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like the physical violence, keeping things in line and achieving the desired result. That is the way. That is what's always been done with all of humanity forever. I'm mean, except I for for the so last thirty years. Years.
1: Our police police that's what they are mainly how they what they you would use physical force
2: yeah if you want the desired results so we in the last 30 40 years maybe 20 years maybe less than that for some people and some people still use it that some people still parent that way we just we so no wonder you have toddler problems you know like what, what are you going do? Reason with them. You can't do right. You don't do the physical thing. And I think that's good. and I'm not willing to spank her into submission. I'm not. I'm just, right. I'm just not willing to do it. So I try to explain to Bridget. I guess we just have to accept a certain amount. I mean, that's the trade off here, right? Do you disagree with spanking? I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. I think there's definitely uh physical force that is acceptable and spanking that's OK for sure. I, I'm not even yeah. totally against it, but not in the sense of, you know, that real just retribution kind of way where you just, do. of course there's certain things where I think maybe it's acceptable to grab them or pop them or really get their attention from a dangerous situation running out from a car. There's plenty of situations where I think is reasonable and I respect any a parent that says I am going to spank, right. but we don't, what I'm saying is we don't have it. Maybe we should, but we don't have any kind of implemented system. Like if you do this, this will be the physical punishment. So you can't just smack them when they're doing, you know, when they defy you, you can't just do that.
3: I don't know if this is like cultural condition or people call me a sexist or whatever, but I definitely stopped spanking my daughters at such an early age. Probably yeah. before they're even two. I remember spanking Rosa, maybe she was pushing three, and I was like, I cannot do that anymore. It's just something yeah. about yeah. your daughter. Where my oldest son is pushing six, and he'll still get a spank. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know why. I mean, it just it's. I don't know if that's a gender thing. On their account, like it's easier for me to spend, or is it because I'm a dude and they're a dude? I'm not sure. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Did you
1: spank uh, Ruby? Uh, Not really. We never have. She never has really. She's always been really quick to feel pretty remorseful about stuff, and a timeout works really well with her. Now, with Ike, um, we did try to spank, but the truth is, it didn't really. He's he's just like all boy and just really crazy. And so. Like I spanked him and it didn't do anything. And yeah. I was like, I can't, I'm not gonna beat my right. kid. Right. You're not gonna right. do that. So what we we learned that him having a timeout away from everybody, not getting to do something, really affected. And him. that's you, you gotta be you in the minute
2: two or three before you can even understand what that is, though. Oh, right, 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 right.
1: right. So like I used to, what I would do is I would cut my hand and I would like pop it like this, I like go, like that. So I was hitting my hand but making like a pop sound. And to them, they thought it was bad. So I wouldn't actually
2: physically oh, hit them. emotional trauma. Okay, yeah, yeah, I just emotional. But but I but that would like cool. trigger
1: something where they're like, oh wait, this is serious. Even though they weren't, there was zero pain yeah. or anything like that for them because I just hit my own hand. Yeah. But the pop sound made a noise because I tried it with just clapping, but that didn't do anything. That was like it just elevated the yep. excitement of whatever was going on. But grabbing their arm or their hand and looking at them, going, "Hey, you cannot do this," and I pop my own hand. They would, you know, they would realize. Wait a minute, this is serious, and so that kind of worked for a little while too. But the truth is, our kids drive us crazy sometimes. Like so yeah, sure. just before we recorded this podcast, like Jess thought she's going to lose her mind because <laughs> every kid's screaming and yelling, wanting something. It's just insane. Can you do it? Then today, I was talking to Matt on the phone. He said, "I have to go. Jordan's not going to stop screaming." <laughs> yeah. And we're in the car, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Like it just and and I realized that as a father, it's just not going to stop. I mean, right. th- sometimes you just have to ride it out. Right? I mean, there's nothing oh, you totally. can do, and you have to realize. They like the number one thing when you watch these like super nannies and all this stuff that they say that I do agree with is you cannot let their emotional state affect George yeah, where no, you just react so hard, and yell. Because when you
2: just yell or I'm great at that it, part. it doesn't do anything. I'm great at that part. Yeah, I'm so there's a lot you, of stuff actually, I'm not good at. But actually, I believe you are good at. At good at that, for sure. Bridget's I mean, I mean, not as good as that and one. And here's the reality, Yeah, Bridget too. probably not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bridget shows out. Yeah. Oh, hell no. She like,
2: immediately matches uh, George's uh, upset level <laughs> at every point, for sure. <laughs>
3: We have four kids and so like there's sometimes I'm just like, you know, if one of our kids right now, let's just say five years old was asking for things a lot and maybe being ungrateful and uh, having bad table manners, it would be so easy just to be like, okay, hold on, calm down. Stop asking so many questions, get your elbows or whatever. But when you have four going at the same time, I mean, it's just like like you said, Toby, all three of them. There's, I mean, I think something that's frustrating for us too is we feel like we're telling them the same things over and over and over and it's like, does that make us bad parents? Like, what's... That's and, all and you can do.
1: It's just
2: childhood. All you can <laughs> do is just, just hang
3: on.
1: Right? Right? Yeah, just exactly. hang on. Like, it, it's really funny. Last night, uh, I was like, okay, I'll give the kids a bath. Jess, you just do your own thing for a little bit. And I, they're all sitting in the bathtub just goofing around splashing too much. I have to tell them, don't splash outside the... P- don't, 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 don't. <laughs> and uh, it's hilarious. Jess comes in and she's mad. And she goes, who left the cards out? And it so she had just gotten a, somebody giving us a really nice deck of cards, playing cards, and one of them left them out. Maybell just ate three or four of them, just oh destroyed them. And Jess is like looking at the kids, and I'm just, I'm seeing my wife like, who left the cards out? When you do that, I have told you time and time again, yeah. Maybell going to destroy this. I told you to please pick them up, put them out, and, and I just see my wife who I know doesn't give a shit about the cards really No, they, it doesn't matter at all it wouldn't be if it was just her and I in the house she would have gone oh man maybe I let the cards shouldn't let them out but because it was like a lesson and I just started dying laughing and she looks at me <laughs> with these crazy oh, eyes and yeah. then she realized she's like oh yeah and then she dies laughing and then like immediately one of them tries to put uh, a bat toy in their butt <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it we're all laughing and I was like yeah nothing really matters I mean the bigger thing is letting them know hey don't i'm doing this but i don't want you to do this because these are the rules that's what we got to do but they're going to break them and Absolutely. do terrible stuff so all you can do I, I really believe just as a parent you just hang on try and be good you're going to mess up a ton maybe even more times than not but as long as your kid knows you love them and you want you, them, go. you want the best for them then maybe you can
3: yeah, be, and, teach and, them some and not and not allow them to never have any structure like in other words and i know you're not saying this but don't just say, "Well, they're just going to be bad." So we're not right. like you have to remove them, like you said, from situations. Oh, there sure, has to be that constant. Be no, you're not in charge. You know? Consistency it and all be.
2: that is is good. Consistency—that's
1: Consistency. Yep. a good one. That's a good one for sure. So,
3: well, Toby, you actually had uh, you punished yourself the other day by watching another pastor on YouTube. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is, I, to- is Toby's penance, right?
3: And and we, you know, we've actually been getting a lot of emails from people that are saying, you know. Steve, people from Stephen Furtick's church, people from Perry Noble's church, people from uh, Bethel church, uh, and you guys are great. Y'all are very cool to us. Yeah, I actually think it's pretty cool. Us. Yeah. And you're, you're defending your church, and I think that's great. But in this situation, we do want to just avoid, because we don't want to be on this role of, oh, we're just going to talk about another pastor. So there was a video that Toby watched of, of a pastor across the country, right. and we just don't <laughs> say his name. <laughs> <laughs> or not across the country. Yeah, would, we won't would, put any location have been in on the north, them. Uh, nor, but,
1: north. uh, well, here's what I was gonna say. I I've told y'all that I think I said this on when on the Dave Design podcast. I love watching stuff about Christians. It is just fascinating to me, and I, I think it's all nothing to do with the Lord whatsoever. <laughs> it's mere psychology of people, the way they say things, the way they do things, how it's manipulative, or how it's not. What they do in, in Christianity is just amazing. Like, and I'll even go another step. I have even friended a ton of <laughs> pastors on my Facebook and they all put up little videos and stuff like that. I'll watch them. That's
3: how we got to watch, know Jared Wilson. Yeah. yeah. He showed me this. I, guy. I mean,
1: I, I'm serious. Like, uh, just a few days ago, I watched Stephen Furtick. I'm friends with Stephen Furtick. Uh, he probably did not know me, obviously, but uh, on Facebook, I friended Stephen Furtick and I watch his little three minute sermon things. Yeah. And clarify once again, We are cool with these pastors. We think their intentions are good. Church in general is crazy, including us. So Matt loves those
3: clarifications.
1: Yeah, I know he hates it. He says you don't have to say it, but I I think
2: do it for another five minutes, and every every five minutes, and then just to make certain (laughs) the people know. (laughs) I'd rather do that than be a terrible dad, like you. So (laughs) anyway,
1: so I'm watching a sermon, and I have what so over the last maybe two or three weeks. I've been really trying to gather when people say we got to share the gospel. We got to share the gospel. Like just recently, did y'all see that uh, shirtless guy that ran in the rain uh, in Chicago or something like that? And they, did y'all see that? It's like uh-uh. kind of a thing going around. Basically, it's freezing cold in Chicago, raining, snowing, sleeting, whatever. And a guy's running shirtless in shorts only around Chicago. And they stop him and they're like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I love the rain. I just like running with my shirt off. And he's real goofy and all this stuff. So they got him and then, uh, and he's just like, yeah, and any ladies out there, I'm single. And it's just, you know, everybody thought he's a good looking dude in good shape. So then the Weather Channel got him again for like the next day. And this time, though, he was like, hey, they said, what, so you, you, any ladies call? He's like, oh, honestly, I don't care any about that. I'm a Christian and I just, uh, you know, hope that the Lord finds me and he just talks about the Lord. Uh-huh. Like somebody told somebody immediately somewhere along the lines of like, hey, if they get you again, man, this is your opportunity to share the gospel. <laughs> but I went, what is the gospel? What does that mean? I'm a Christian, and like the things he said didn't uh, the gospel, like sharing the gospel. And then I saw all these other people going, man, this is so awesome. What an opportunity just to share the gospel, spreading the gospel, man. Even if one person salt was watching the weather channel and heard that he believes in Jesus, I guess that's what they're saying. Like, like, is the gospel been so minimalized to
2: just saying I'm a Christian or something like? What in the world does that have to do with, yeah, I ended up on the weather channel. Yeah, yeah. In this case, sharing the gospel, meaning Jesus died for our sins, he changes us, and all the things it really means is reduced to saying the phrase, I'm here to share the gospel. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm here to share the gospel, I'm a Christian. Right. like that, As if that was sharing the gospel. It's almost like, no, it's not almost, I'm worried that it's like dangerously bad. Yeah. Like, it, it's really silly to like minimalize the God of all creation into... You were just goofing around, not wearing a shirt, running around. That's what that was. That's okay. Sometimes you eat food. Sometimes you go to the bathroom. Sometimes you work. Sometimes you do something goofy. And sometimes you discuss about the Lord. Now, all those things can involve the Lord. I'm not saying that. But I just think it's so crazy that you, oh, wait, he got on TV for being funny and goofy. Now let's make it serious. I'm a Christian. Uh, That what I said. I don't really even care about those girls. Where, and I was like, what in the world are you talking about? Of course you do. You were just being goofy, man. You weren't being sinful or hurting the Lord. And then, so I've been watching different sermons and pieces of sermons. And I realize, and, and a lot of times, I, I mean, I can't say for sure, but when I've been listening to sermons, they are
3: all about me. I mean, it is just crazy. Like so In it, other it, words, it, it just felt like the pastor was speaking directly to you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it was just, yeah, he I mean, it was literally just all of it's me and it might be, you might
1: be me or whoever's me, but I mean, it's about, I'm going to say something to you and, and it's not, it doesn't go that deep into scripture or what it means or what we're doing. Like even right now, you know, tons and tons of pastors are going to be talking about Jesus' birth. Right. But when they say it, nobody's really going into crazy depth. Like I have to give props to somebody like Mark Driscoll. I mean, when he preached the word, man, he got in deep. I mean, he really did. Like, it, it was like expository, like, hey, I'm going to explain the Bible to you. Here's what theologians think. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what I think. It might not, you, you know, and maybe even want you to believe what he believed, but he would really tell you things. I mean, amazing, amazing at preaching the word. And I just, I'm really getting scared. Like, my whole faith and all this stuff is coming down to somebody just saying, oh, yeah, it's like being repetitive of God loves you. Your life is bad, but it'll be okay with Jesus. Your life isn't good but there's going to be pain. There's going to be sorrow. Things are t- tough, but Jesus, and I'm and I, when I'm hearing these things, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. We live at the most amazing time in the history of the world. Just take it, America alone. We are super wealthy. I mean, even people with no money are obese. We had plenty of food, uh, shelter, all these things. We could fix all these things uh, that we would even say are wrong if we wanted to. We, we're so lazy that we can't even do hardly anything. Without you know looking at our phone, I'm talking even to myself right now. Things are so great that we can even like be sad, have time to be sad and worried about ourselves and stuff like that. Like I'm you know lowly me, I can't get a girlfriend, or man, I wish my job was better. Even though you have a killer job or whatever it might be, and and I'm wondering, I had this thought today: is that I don't think pastors realize it, but it is a seriously strong form of manipulation to tell people things are bad and you need to believe in this guy that I'm telling you about because it without really explaining it, because what that does, is just it's like everything else. Who does that appeal to? It appeals to the poor, the people in pain, the poverty stricken people. Mm-hmm. And then they go, Oh, well, at least I got Jesus I, and I'll come back to this drug, which I call church or whatever it might be. It, it. I'm not saying that's across the board. And of course people are in pain, but I mean, everything right now is yeah, amazing. Yeah. Except we're, we're still, we're going to die. Of course, but I mean, when you start talking about, man, somebody died. or whatever, Of course, everybody knows somebody that died. I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. And you just get through it. And when somebody dies, it's the time where you highlight how amazing they were, and what they meant to you. And, and three days ago, you weren't thinking anything about them. And now today you are. Now you are actually caring. And, and I mean, death actually brought out emotion and feeling for somebody that you hadn't thought about in two years. And so I just, I, but what I hate is I'm realizing musically and I guess sermon-wise, a lot of sermons are trying to keep people like things are can be bad, but with God it'll be okay. And I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm like, no, things are great. And if we said they're great and explained the Bible in a real way, maybe we'd actually do something for the
2: people that it didn't. Yeah. Be yeah. Great. Okay. So Again, let, let me see if I can distill what you're saying. So, all right. Go ahead. A, a massive amount of things there. Um, but, I always do. But it, you're saying essentially that the the that it's almost could be viewed as predatory to go for the lowest. The easiest, lowest-hanging fruit, which is a th- kind of thing that sees results, gets numbers, right, produces money, and it's low bar. It's low bar, and and also causes people to become dependent on the thing itself, the message, the sermon, kind of thing,
1: right. I mean, just like in politics, they, they say, they, they appeal to the poor, hey, we're yeah. going to help you do this, this,
2: and this, right. vote for me. Again, it's similar to politics and the religion are becoming eerily similar in that sense. And, and it seems like the most thing because it sounds like the best thing you can say. It sounds like something, uh, for instance, the liberal winged politicians would say I'm here to help the lowest of a low get to somewhere. Right better so that what could be a better outcome than that if if by using the gospel or the bible or jesus you're saying right. but i'm taking somebody that has a problem and i'm making it better well that sounds pretty heroic and i mean and it is and that's a, that is a good thing but that, that and is they're the, saying that's the what most, the gospel is too yeah. and, and that, but, the, but that's the most common thing and so it's maybe overused i mean of course that but you're not denying at all that's a a central aspect of is what the gospel is is that the redemption of jesus and what he can transform and do
1: let, let me right, but uh, but that does that shouldn't always be about you and your station,
2: right. Life. That's what I'm saying, but it's very oversimplified and and almost can be viewed as at least manipulative to cause it to be only that. that's pretty that can be pretty destructive, repetitive, abusive. I think Toby's making some good points, but I think one thing that you don't want to admit
3: is you have been sanctified a good deal. So in other words, how you're hearing these sermons are not how, The person who just became a Christian is hearing, because bottom line, there's a lot of people that don't know how to process pain like you process it, like you've got a perspective of, you know what? Things aren't that bad. Mm -hmm. I am depending on Jesus. I do have an eternal perspective. I do know that, you know, God has pulled through. I You know, the doctor told me before I'd never have kids. Well, I learned God's in control, because blah, blah, blah. What about the people that are just in the wilderness, so to speak, Exodus, and they just keep chasing the same thing, yeah. and then a the pastor's saying, you know what? There's not happiness in everything else. It's God. So, But, but you're, you're, you're thinking, I mean, you're saying that that's not the central message. The central message is you can be happy? No, what I'm saying is why would that be the predominant way to share the gospel? That's the
1: only thing it is then. I mean, the way that the people are sharing the gospel now is, hey man, things can be bad. you can be in pain, but Jesus will make things better. you, the, you know things are tough. you might have lost your job. you know somebody in your family passed away. you just found out you just found out you have cancer.
2: It sounds, it sounds like a commercial from a law firm or something right?
1: yeah, yeah it just sounds like a, it, it, yeah, a sales pitch and and the other thing about it is, I mean, why would you want to start if, if a new believer? Why would you want to start them there? Hey, man, I know you have pain. I know, of course, but I mean, uh, everybody has pain. It doesn't matter. I believe that's fully relative. And uh, there's a ton of people that are in pain that are super wealthy or happy or whatever. They're, they're, I mean, all those, of course, you have pain. What I'm saying is that keeps you there.
2: Yeah, it does. Yeah,
1: it can. That keeps you self reflective and inward like, Yeah, my pain is bad. Yeah. I need to study about Jesus. Get for, some more of that. I saw pain. some results on
2: that. And yeah, and you right. know that snake oil salesmen, uh politicians, lawyers, and I mean literally like snake oil salesmen in the day or whatever it is, the pain medication on T V on infomercials, when you see that thing where you zap it in your finger and it takes the pain away. Right. Like that is for, for you know who that's for? You know what I mean? It's 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 just the kind of thing where you keep people where they're at and dependent on. You know what I mean? Totally. Like all those things. So for sure, there's a big element that that's an undercurrent and all in in the church system in general. And That's not any specific one or anything, but that's just it's an undercurrent, an undertone. I would even say at church, I don't even know if they realize it, but. The reason
1: why is because it works. People go, man, that sermon meant so much to me.
2: And it sounds good, too. It sounds sensitive. and That yeah.
1: sermon meant so much because, you know, uh, a pastor preached this this week, and, you know, I have a friend whose uh, mother just passed away. And uh, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's almost like the guy that reads people's mind or prophesies or whatever. Like, of course, everybody knows somebody that died. And you could, if you're just in the right mood and you make it emotional, have the music playing in the background, then it causes an emotional response. And, and guess what else? Nothing really changes with this light beer prophecy stuff or light beer preaching, like nothing really hits you that hard. So you, it goes away and then seven days later you need it again the next Sunday because you got to get your emotional feel. And what I'm saying is it like we could do so much better at, like what? Like let's really explain Jesus becoming a human. Let's not talk about Jesus loved the world so or, much yeah, yeah. that he became and then people saw him and i mean what in the world does it mean for god to become a man let's stay there for a little bit let's let's explain it in a real way and break it down and so you can you can take it home and go man that's crazy i didn't i mean Like, just actually learn something as opposed to this emotional thing. Because we always talk about Jesus loves you. He's going to forgive you. Welcome back. You're in pain. But it's going to, and I just, I'm like, hold on. Even the people that are in pain, it's really good. And if you just talk about the pain, that's where you stay. Like, some of the songs that I listen to now, when I turn on the radio, I, I, I I tried to listen to Christian radio the other day. All the songs are seriously about you're in a valley and things are tough. But with Jesus, you're going to climb out and things will be. And I'm like, wait a minute. All that does is people go, yeah, you know what? Actually, my job is kind of rough. The lady talked bad at me at work and this is kind of tough. I mean, I don't know if that guy's going to ask me out again. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. Things are okay. Snap yourself out of this, smack yourself out of it, and now do something outside of yourself. Which would actually heal those things. I really yeah. do believe that. Like a lot of the part of the problem with all this pain and suffering that we have right now is it's made up and keeping us there.
3: Yeah. It, what what how how do you read something like, and I I'm not trying to argue with it as much as I'm trying to understand. No, I think saying. you are a little bit. Well, you don't you don't well, totally go with it not, with well, where I'm at right well, now. Well, no, no, no. Some of the things I definitely disagree with, but I am trying to understand this. This so when you get to all right, so let's do some expository teaching and you come to the passage where Jesus makes this grand proclamation of in this world you have trouble. But take heart! I've overcome the world. I mean, is isn't that the message of what these? It's like, not well, the
2: only message in there, right? right. No, exactly. But when you get to that
3: verse, how does Toby talk? Sure, about it? no, but that's what I'm saying.
2: Every Let's talk night, about that the week, once, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Once every uh, three so months, you're saying this is the every prevailing, song is the yeah. prevalent yeah. Did, undercurrent. I'm just saying, thing. Yeah.
1: go listen to several pastors. Uh, you know, just pick pick a handful of popular pastors, yeah. and I guarantee you, the sermon will be about you and overcoming. Yeah. And, 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 and it sounds like, it, honestly, it sounds like a motivational speech. Sure. Like you just need, man, my life is tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's how many kind people of like, here went yeah. through a really bad divorce? Wait a minute. Hold on. Let, why did you go through a bad divorce? That's what right. you need. The small group interaction, real <laughs> people. You don't need somebody talking about, Hey, it's bad, but Jesus will make it better. Right. Cause sometimes he does it. What if, what about when you, the, the same thing goes for, what about when you don't hear from Jesus for a year? You don't I, hear from now him now at all. My language and sure. and, and you can't, I mean, I, nobody ever says stuff like that. And then you, you feel freaky. If you, God well, is changing yeah, your mind. The, and then the, the logical better. conclusion
0: is,
2: I need to get more of that, whatever that spiritual stuff is. I need to read more. Or go, maybe go to yeah. the group or get the study Right? Because this isn't, I'm not, this isn't quite working. And, and then
1: yeah. it makes you actually not be able, it, it, then it actually, I think, diminishes real pain. Well, real, real pain and sorrow and sadness. You are able to sit in and mm-hmm. you have those feelings for a reason. Like it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be really torn apart by somebody dying or breaking up with you or ruining your life or losing your job. That's okay. You don't, immediately need Jesus to save you from that because you're learning so all, a ton of really bad things I just needed to go through. And I did not need somebody going, hey man, Jesus is going to make it better because that, that totally feels like they don't want to deal with it. That's the same way as I'll pray for you and I'm not going to. This is where people get really mad at me. I have a fear that you have- been mad a, at
2: you for the last 20 minutes. Keep on going. You
1: have a system and nobody wants to say this, but you have to keep butts in the seats. So whatever is going to get those, those butts back in the seats that next Sunday, you better stick with that. I'm and not sure if that's that,
3: a conscious decision. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's conscious or not. Yeah, no, Everybody knows it. but here, yeah, I think it's conscious and nobody says it. Yeah. Well, here's what I wanted to say as far as what you were saying. You know, hey, well, let's stop. Let's ask, why did you get in a divorce in the first place? Let's, let's slow down and, and get deeper. I think it's crazy how we keep asking, oh, where are the millennials? Why are the millennials leaving like crazy? And the answer is, we don't let them ask questions. Like We don't let them ask the most important questions like, I think I'm gay, so what am I supposed to do? Because the Bible says this is a sin. Can I learn about this in the church? They're like, no, you have to say that you're not going to be gay anymore. Or, you know what? I don't know if I believe in hell. Maybe I'm a universalist. Nope, you can't talk about that. That's complete you know, heresy. Or, man, I don't even know if I believe in God. I mean, those sorts of things, it's like, we're not gonna. We're not gonna ne- necessarily let you dialogue about that because we're the church. We have a truth that we're gonna
2: defend. Let me in- intercept that a little bit because everybody out there right now is saying no, no. At our, we we welcome questions. We welcome questions, right. and they do with their words. They they do think that. Everybody thinks what you just said is okay to say that here. We want those people at our church. Everybody says that and I believe they mean it. However, they have no it doesn't work in practicality. Like if you go to your community group and say, "I think cocaine is probably fine right to do sometimes <laughs> you know and I know somebody that did that as a community group and I know somebody that was going through a time was like I'm not sure how we're to do this and so they say it to the group and they do say it because the people say we do want you to say stuff like that and then when you do now you're seen as a sick person that, okay well we'll give you another couple of weeks here and this, I'm expecting this to turn around they don't actually I mean it, the, the the people don't have any methodology or fabric for allowing that to, to persist in any way other than to be something that I, I got prayer for which is like admitting you're sick but you're not when you're struggling through something or just thinking through it or in the middle of changing your points of view you don't feel wrong or sick you're not saying i that's not the same as saying i've been looking at porn and i want you to pray for me it's saying i'm not sure if i agree with this or that and i think this might be okay that's not necessarily oh he's struggling he has an ailment and it should be fixed soon. maybe not maybe that's not the way you feel when you're working through your beliefs so there's, there is no fabric for that. Like It's like, well, let us know when you get back. Is there any way we can pray for you? And you're like, well, pray for me for what? I think I might be right here. Right. Where's the fact? That's the part you don't have any fabric for is when you show up a community room and say, I think I'm kind of right.
3: They can't be in that community. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't, we can't have team humanity and we're all seeking truth together. And you know what? I've got my Christian brothers and sisters that's in this crew too, but you're welcome along for the ride as well. Yeah. It's like, no, you're those people and you need to figure that sort of stuff out. Now, in certain contexts, sure, you can hang out with us, yeah. but you're, you're not a part of
2: us. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. The, ostensibly, or on the surface, it's certainly welcome that people come in that are anyway and have questions, yeah, totally. but it has to be on the terms that they have questions that they seek to get the answer for and rectify the situation versus actually figure it out. Well, well possibly, how about this what if
1: they're right, why, why can't our pastors just preach the Bible and stop interjecting about our culture? And Like, for example... Who gives a shit what a Christian thinks about a gay person? Why in the world do we need to take this big stance on it? How about this? How about we let a gay person ask us, what do you think? And then you have a conversation. <laughs> and so the real as opposed to I'm going to teach you about this and this is what w- this is going to be our stance church. And this is how we're going to say instead of when somebody says, "Hey, I'm gay, let's talk about it." Mm-hmm. Then that would be like a real conversation where you could Actually, maybe have a humane conversation where you could talk to somebody, and they're asking you and wanting or not talking about your it, opinion. <laughs> or not, or, yeah, or about still it. not, or maybe not even talk <laughs> about that at all. Like yeah. it's not that big of an issue. Yeah, how about like, not all these talk things? About are just, that. Insane. just say what, and, what what it is. But I just, I, I'm just really, why are we so concerned with me and what I think about the Lord? Like when you read the Bible seriously, how many people were taking these big stances on their own about what the Scripture meant? And, and all this stuff in, 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 right sense about that. Of, in a sense of these cultural issues. Jesus didn't even do that. I'm just saying, you, when you read the Bible, you actually see God interacting with man. And that's where the pastor should leave it. Hey, look, this is how Moses interacted with God. God interacted with Moses. Now, use your brain and think <laughs> about how that could apply to your life or not. You learned something. And there you go. Why do I need to say, okay, God came to Moses. Boil it down to you this. in now, four now, practical here, steps to your yeah, better. Now here's the whatever. thing. When Moses did this, love. When when God did this, power. When God did this, like, hold on. That is such an influencing, manipulating, I put it in quotation marks, when, unintentional maybe, but still manipulating thing to where you think the Bible's about you. Well, Wait, I have a that? personal Savior. Where is that? I'm agreeing. What in agree the world is personal Savior? God came for everybody, and the whole thing has always been like about nations and, and including everybody. God came to save all these and all this stuff, but yeah, you know what? God's my personal savior, and He's doing He's teaching me this. I believe God can teach you stuff, but I think it's always to go. You learn something and use it for other people. Not, hey, I'm growing.
2: So you're just saying in a general way, knock it off with the personal introspection, and they'll stop selling that to our people. By the way,
1: right? But I don't think it'll happen because no. this. So what's the? I don't uh, think the congregation
2: wants that. They like it. I yeah, like it too. I they like do. feeling of emotional. They do.
1: That's why uh, romantic comedies, rom coms, are huge. Or and broken heart lyrics, so the
2: same thing. Like exactly, I mean, it, like the way you want to criticize broken heart lyrics. That's what I'm saying the way you want to, to criticize the Christian song about being in the valley is the same as the you know the 39 year old guy writes a broken heart song now for, and people yeah. like it too in a way. You're so, right, but that's you're right you know, because you like it and you know other people like it and that's why you do it. But well, at I'm least tra- you know it. So I'm tracking with you, brother. Let, explain to our
3: listeners what what's the shepherding role then cuz you basically just said a pastor to teach sh- the bible
2: let me answer that too joey has well, got
3: i mean well that's that's the teaching role so what's the pastor i i agree with you what's the pastor role then pastor shepherding is what i'm talking oh, about oh when somebody so
1: I, I, let me answer this if somebody comes to you and says i need some help you help him okay
2: you guide them. I agree. Yeah, the answer to that is individual, and I said this on other episodes. is very lame to take the broadest possible thing and get yeah. concrete answers that apply to all individuals in a category. That is stupid. Yeah. Of course, people have struggles. They have pain. The gospel absolutely applies to it, but that's individual, so you don't need to talk to everybody if they were as if they were one Demographic that has this one thing, and it doesn't really apply. To, it just doesn't really apply to that. It may sound like it might apply to somebody, and then you're going to let people grab onto it or whatever, but that's not discipleship and that's not shepherding. Your job, if you're, in my opinion, I agree with Toby, if you're preaching, you should be more so teaching and equipping and explaining yeah. and, you know, those kinds of things, not catering to in a universal way. Shepherding happens with people. Well, also, shepherding doesn't mean you're,
1: you're in charge, right? Like, for example, when Joshua died at James Island, yeah, you as the shepherd should should also be able to say, I'm devastated. Like you said, you went into the, one of the darkest depressions of your life. It was really terrible. A, a central figure in your life and in your church's life passed away. That should be a moment where the church is just mourning right. and sad and falling apart. And you don't need to say, this is bad, but Jesus will make it better. Right. And you don't need that the next week or the next week or the next week or the next week, the next week because... Deep down inside, if you believe in Jesus, then you would hope that that's the case. So, what about real action? Which I think the, the church did—like swarmed around this mom now, the single mom now with two kids. Situation presented itself for the church to go into action, as opposed to preemptively saying, "Hey, when bad things happen, and they're going to happen, you never know." You know, I mean, I know it looks good now, but next week it might be awful. I'm just saying, like, why? Why not just go? Okay, here's where we're at. When things happen, okay. You have the scripture. So you, what, you can what read. If you can talk were, to God yourself.
3: What if we were a church that would rally around the widow? What
2: if? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Let's take a break, people. You <laughs> <laughs> can't talk any longer. You'll talk everybody out of their faith, you bastard. All right, we'll be right back.
1: I don't even believe anymore. I'm just <laughs> <some> bullshit. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to tell you the one phrase that you need to know for this new year.
2: Okay, what is it?
1: Get her done. Clubw.com mm-hmm. forward slash bad Christian. That's, that's a that phrase?
2: Me. I would call it a URL, but that's I, fine. Oh, Let me
1: extend it here. That, that's clubw.com forward slash bad Christian for 50% off your first order. Ooh. When wow. you go to clubw.com forward slash bad Christian, <laughs> and I want to tell you, this is my site. This is my website. Jess and I love this. We love drinking wine. We've always been, we always felt honestly like a little ignorant to wine and we didn't, we just don't know. When you go to the wine store, there's a billion wines. Mm-hmm, definitely. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, you just true. don't. And, and honestly, we've, we've tried a bunch to, to do different things, but this just takes all the guesswork out of it and you get great wine at a great price. I mean, it, there's just no guessing about it. I mean, it's really, Really, awesome,
2: yeah, the website helps you figure out what you would like by asking you other questions, like i'm not good on saying, "Oh, I like this with notes of this and things of this, and I can taste right. the, the nose on it is this way i don't I don't think that way, but if people understand the flavors I like coffee bitter or sweet stuff like right. that, they ask you questions like that, and, and they figure out what is how that translates into wine terms, and they pick the wine out for you, not to mention it's the, it's they're leading what they call the grape to glass revolution, which is the kind of stuff I love taking out the middlemen and having good products Amen. go straight to the people that want them at a better price and a better product tailored to you. It's a great, great idea. I'm so glad that Club W exists, to tell you the yeah, truth. It's,
3: it's
1: awesome. It's so easy. You just go to clubw.com, and you answer six six simple questions, and their algorithm algorithm creates a palette profile just for you. Mm-hmm. That's what it's it so, is. It's so fun. It's so cool. Stop wasting your time and money messing around at a retail stores and start drinking wine that you are going to love. Just go to clubw forward slash bad Christian to get 50% Tight. off your first order. That's clubw.com forward slash bad Christian to get 50% off your first order. Do that today.
2: All right, this is a sponsor I've been talking about a lot. I pretty much always do the read on this one because I'm super into it, and I've been trying to get you guys into it, and that's Texture. Now, Texture is awesome because I love magazines. I used to uh, go to Barnes & Noble and sit there and read magazines for a long time. I don't go to Barnes & Noble so much anymore. And so over the years, I've had different subscriptions for magazines that come to my house because I've always enjoyed... Great quality pictures and great writing. Uh, I think magazines are kind of an art that's somewhat lost in today's digital age and Texture is the app that gives you an all-access pass to the world's best magazines but you can do it right on your phone or even better your tablet. they got hundreds of magazines so you can and you can just cherry pick the ones that you like and the articles that you like the most out of it. it's way better than having a uh, individual magazines and paper stuff on your coffee table and trash to throw out did you guys get in magazines have you been checking stuff out what are the ones that you guys like SI baby SI was I mean, that I sports illustrated for you yeah. yeah
3: sports illustrated and time I mean are two big ones for me so I mean it's really does include everything you would typically read on the magazine rack it's right on your phone
1: yeah I think it's fun like this is how uh, I get uh, men's fitness and men's health now and also i like I like uh, popular science. You like Seventeen too? They have it. Yeah, I don't. I, That's my guilty pleasure. No,
2: I don't read that one. <laughs> they have even Cosmopolitan Latinas, Joey. If you're interested in that, oh man, I'm, I'm serious. It, it, this there's Fast Company. Uh, there's tons of cooking stuff, tons of sports stuff, tons of car stuff. Everything that people like in magazines, they've got. So I, I really do recommend this. I think it's a really good one. And so to get it, here's how you do it. You go to texture dot com slash bad Christian. I know. Pretty easy, right? That's, that's kind of the thing here. It's the website plus our name. Texture.com slash christian. Uh, and tell you what, they're still doing gifts. It's not too late to give this as a Ooh. gift if you do it between now and December 31st. Uh, it's a free trial. If you go to texture.com slash christian and think about it, unrestricted access to the best magazines in the world, from back issues to stuff that's on the newsstand today. So go for it, people. Don't miss it. Hello? What's up, Andy? How's it going? Oh, good. Is this Joey? This is Matt. Joey's here too, though. What's up, man?
3: Joey here. How are you? Hey, (laughs) good guys. How you
0: doing? Good, doing
2: really good. We thank you for calling in. We're just uh, we're all in the same place now, so we're just checking in with some people, talking to a lot of of our friends, catching some snippets of people. And I tell you what, we've done a bunch of stuff with a bunch of bands, and sometimes bands like you guys or Tooth and Nail will have stuff sponsor us, but you guys stand out for two reasons. Number one. And this is Andy from We Are The City, everybody, if you're not paying attention. Um, number one, your music is really cool, and we dig it, which is a ex, extra plus. And then on top of that, whenever, uh, whenever we say something about you or I run an ad or mentioned it, we get a lot of our fans that just are like both saying thank you for showing it to us, or, or we already love those guys. So I just, we, we thought we'd take a minute just to say hey to you guys and find out what's up since we never met or talked or anything.
0: Yeah, well, that's great, man. Well, I feel like in a way we kind of already know each other because um, on this tour that we've been doing, I would say at least forty people have come up to us personally and that they they first heard our music on the Bad Christian podcast. So that's wow. I mean, that's oh, nice. pretty incredible.
2: That is really actually weird because I mean, I, sometimes I don't even think I think of it as oh, okay, well, we'll do this sponsorship spot, but or whatever. But I mean, I'm, I'm actually it just makes me feel really happy that if the music is good and that it actually works. Like it makes me feel, I didn't really, I didn't know that would even work that well. I'm glad to hear that it does work. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah, me too. That is pretty cool.
2: So where are you guys right now?
0: Um, well right now we're just driving. We're somewhere between, uh, Houston, Texas and new Orleans. So, um, I'm not entirely sure. You guys are youngsters, right? Well, yeah. I mean, we started when we were 17 yeah. Uh, I mean, or maybe even a bit younger, but uh, we've been going for eight years, eight to ten years. So we're 25. Gotcha.
3: Long story gotcha. short. So you, your music is pretty uh, unique from the standpoint of it's not it's not the kind of music that everybody, you know, is listening to typically. What, what are uh, a couple favorite bands that you would say kind of influence you or is there anything off the top of your head sort of thing?
0: Yeah, I mean, we we all have our own kind of like offshoots, but I think we all could agree on uh, how much we love.
3: So Emory first, and then what? After Emory. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Emory first, and then, I mean, we really like uh, Radiohead, obviously. Um, There's this artist, Kimbrough, who we really have come to love. Uh, We like Beyonce.
3: Nice. Um,
0: I'm a a big fan of this uh, band from San Francisco called Deerhoof. Oh, okay. Yep, um, I know there. Yeah, and man, just just a lot of different stuff. Well,
2: I'll tell you what I think is what I dig about the new genre of music. I think for my whole lifetime, the music has been getting uh, more uh, louder and fuller. For the whole time I've been to music from the late 80s rock all the way up until almost right now where i've almost reached the point where you know it's like oh distortion cymbals loud cymbals ride cymbals crash cymbals more distortion yeah. more drum samples and more Then the music at the point where it got as loud as it could be but it started to become more technical and it started to become more there's just been this progression it's like who can find the new thing to go even more extreme and we finally reached a point in in music where and there may have been little dips all along the way, but now people are really starting to capitalize and find themselves really relieved, finally, with some emptiness and some space in music. And you guys do that really, really well. Uh, it's almost like, oh, there's only two little sounds going here, and that's the song. Like you can do that. And you guys are I uh, I don't know if you I don't know if you're a minimalist or if there's a, some any term for that or anything. If there is, I'm not sure. But you just have three people in the band, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's really interesting that you would mention that because I mean, I do think that we're we or at least myself, I've really tried to figure out a way to make something sound as heavy as possible and sit kind of like as deep as possible, but use such a such a small amount. See how much I can strip away. So I mean yeah
2: but use space to accomplish that though. That's what's
0: different. Like
2: you're aware of space. Yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. Space and take take things away. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and, and so I mean I'm not pushing back on you on there, but heavy Actually, is a almost useless word. I find in music, it, it usually just means it kind of almost means good because you hear people describe a metal song or or a yeah, yeah. or you know almost any kind of music if it's like this acoustic groove they get, you know you could hear somebody going he's just you know there's that real heavy just that groove or yeah you know, you get, heavy can be applied to anything and you say the word deep so but yeah I think that that's reasonable but notably you're using uh, space and ambience, and smallness kind of a thing, which I, I like too. I'd love to push yeah. farther into that territory on our next record as well. But that's a principle y'all try to do is to make sure to not fill up all the space. Y'all talk about it that way?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it's even like it's leaning closer. Uh, or, you know, if if a beat is expected, but it comes a little bit later than you expected, uh, you, you kind of like bob your head a little bit lower to meet, to meet it where it is. So, uh, yeah, it's like using space or, or even delays to make, uh-huh. to make something yeah. kind of like, yeah, hit you right in the stomach. Well,
3: before we let you guys go, I just want to thank you officially. I mean, we did a lot for you guys. A lot of you, obviously a lot of people heard about you through, through us and you still went with tooth and nail <laughs> for your second album. So thanks a lot, brother.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah.
3: <laughs> just joking around with you, man. Hey, where it so, uh, Amazon, iTunes. What's your newest album called again? I'm listening to it a lot, but I forgot what it's called.
0: Yeah, it's called Above Club. It's um, it's everywhere. It's Amazon, iTunes, Spotify. Um, yeah, and guys, thank you so much for supporting the band. It's uh, it's it's done an amazing thing for us here in America. Cool.
2: Well, how did how did y'all get hooked up with Tooth 0 in the first place? I'm interested in that part of the story.
0: Well, it's a funny story. We were actually uh, at South by Southwest, and um, nothing really happened there like i mean we played two shows and they were kind of a little bit pointless i'd say and then we were on our flight back and i struck up a conversation with the guy beside me it turns out he is one of like the main guys at Tooth and nail uh and we just kind of i would say we we bonded to it? It uh, his name tyson oh you're saying about tyson we, that's great yeah tyson yeah and uh, we bonded over i mean everything from music music talk but also like theological discussions mm-hmm. and talks about family and at the end of the flight it's like okay well send me your record and then it then it went from there
2: that's great yeah i mean it's a it's a it's a really interesting fit and i think if you guys fit really well on there tyson's a good friend of mine i see him all the time i saw him last week i live in seattle too so but i, I run into him all the time but yeah that i think that's a good fit right. and i uh, really wish you guys the best of luck over there and we love we love doing stuff with Tooth. Now, obviously we have a very good relationship with the podcast and music stuff we have done and always do but really I just I don't know I mean this is like definitely not an ad definitely not a sponsored thing for us at all it's just I, I do want to make it clear that we love to see other people and everybody succeed. I were quite the opposite of competitive. I don't think podcasting is competitive. I don't think band, being in a band is or should be competitive. I think, I don't think even yeah. record, in my opinion, I don't think record labels, even in business, are, are really directly competitive or, or should be.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: I don't think that's the right mentality, but um, congratulations to everybody. People doing independent things and creating things and making stuff. It's awesome. So we just want to take a minute to highlight something, some people that are doing some good stuff. So thank you, Andy.
0: Yeah, well, thank you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Hey, what's the
3: closest y'all are coming to Charleston? Are are y'all heading east or west right now in Texas?
0: Uh, We're heading east. Uh, So yeah, New Orleans, and then it's Atlanta, and then we have one more show in Orlando, and then we're home for Christmas.
3: Sweet, man. We all all have fun. See you,
0: Andy. Thank you so much. Thanks again, guys.
3: Yeah, man. See you. All right, guys. Another great interview. I mean, we are getting amazing at doing interviews. Oh, I'm I'm the best. I mean, Joe, you are the best. Yeah. You're the biggest and the best. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my dad has validated it many times. Oh, man. Who was that, by the way? I don't even remember who we were talking to.
1: Just forget it. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting old, my friend. You're getting old, my friend. Let's get to the best part of everyone's day. All right.
2: Get the I'm gonna Get the mute, tr- get the the
1: mute button, button. Get, get the mute no, button ready man, in case he's putting man. on something.
3: I'm gonna try to be a supporter. Yeah. Do you have a new story you want to say? Huh? You have a new story you oh, want to sh- Dude, I'm 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 prepared
1: as um, a mating cat. <laughs> a mating cat? <laughs> that's all I
2: can think of. <laughs> well, that's all you could think of. <laughs> Prepare, I mean <laughs> You don't have to start sentences that don't have endings. You, you don't have to do that. I
1: mean, yeah, you could even say like a student before an exam or anything, like a mating cat or a human. This comes from the bad Christian. Are you making this
2: up? You didn't even roll, let us roll the music. Yeah, oh, roll
1: the music. Let me, let me do it. You're a roving reporter, my friend. Okay. Today. I'll rope. All right. In a world where you know that the first news story of your news segment is going to be just the shittiest, saddest, worst thing possible, this is Toby Morrell
3: with yeah, and a roving reporter, Joseph Michael Spence and hold on uh, to, your to you. welcome welcome Joseph right, Michael thank you I'm coming to you live hey I'm coming to you live from West Ashley Toby and the wind exactly. is picking. There you go the wind is headphones I like The picking. wind is picking up a little bit but we started a new column it's called it's called ABC <laughs> and uh it's called ABC Ask Bad Christian and so uh, and our ABC column We have someone writing with a question. I'm going to read it word for word. He says, I'm a Christian. He says, I live in Phoenix. I do not want Mark Driscoll to start a church here. (laughs) Amongst our church (laughs) communities here, I have heard he has come in and shopped himself around to be the pastor, but nobody took the offer. I hear he is trying to start a church in my neighborhood. I'm distressed, but do not know whether it is right to protest something like this thoughts? That's a question mark, (laughs) folks. I still don't know if there has been proper repentance. It seems like the guy dipped out on church discipline and guidance in favor of his own path. We do not need what happened in Seattle to repeat itself in our neighborhood. And this is a brand new column. Wow. uh, All right. Well, Joey, that's
2: good. So, Joey, why did you have to go out on location why couldn't yeah. you have stayed in studio to take yeah. a, a listener? Yeah. Well, question I, oh, I thought that
3: was for effect. Okay. You didn't actually go out into the. Wind. No, it sounded intense to her. See, the listeners can't see me. That, see, you just blew my cover. I'm in Toby's garage, people. I know it sounded like <laughs> wind, and my elevated voice gets you excited on the edge of your seats. But bottom line, this is a new column that Toby is yeah. introducing column? to his. Is that what it's, they
2: call video segments? Columns? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> called ABC Ask Bad Christian. It's a, col- a column. You know what column means? Yes. Column means it's a one-inch wide thing on the right margin of a p- paper. That's column.
3: That's for people with a limited vocabulary, my friend, that only knows <laughs> one definition per word. There's more definitions <laughs> to column. Toby, do you have any thoughts? Should a Christian pick it and say, not in my town, Mark Driscoll?
2: Well, th- the details on that that I, that I saw this week are the, that he registered a new uh, church I don't remember what the name of it is, but he and two other guys are registered as a business, not a business, whatever you call a church. I call it a business, but they call it a nonprofit or whatever. So they do have a new one listed. He's listed as the, you know, uh, founder or main partner, or whatever they call it, but, lead pastor. No, it doesn't say that. Whatever it is in the on the paperwork, him is managing managing partner, or whatever something like that. So he does have one that he is starting. Is it is in Phoenix, and you know, we'll probably see some announcements in the new year. You would imagine.
3: Is he rebranding himself as the nice pastor now that
2: doesn't cuss? Um the the general idea is that he will be about like humility and uh, you know, old, wiser, older marriage and just things like that and he'll refer to his you know younger days as when he was great, wilder but now he's more seasoned and mature and wise that that'll be the yeah the way it's probably comes across and so no he won't be uh, outrageous at all it'll be way nicer
3: for sure
1: i would say don't pick it i, I mean maybe he's learned his lesson maybe he's gonna do great Maybe. And if not, I think the Lord won't allow it to happen. I mean, I believe in the power of Jesus and our God.
2: Well, well, well. I mean, there's a million people that have awful things that that, the Lord definitely allows. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying.
1: I know there's a million people and God somehow allows it to happen or not. So I don't think picketing Mark Driscoll would do anything. I don't even think it would matter. In fact, I just think it would probably bring in more publicity and more popularity and all that stuff. I would say, It doesn't matter. People should
3: be smart enough to choose. Yeah, of course. It's interesting uh, the perspective Bazan brought uh, two or three weeks ago because he actually said people needed to be rescued from Driscoll. So I'd be interested to think uh, would – would Dave think, man, no, we got to stop this from happening?
2: No, well, think about it this way. I
3: agree with you. I agree with Toby for sure.
2: Well, don't think about things that you don't, that you totally don't like. There's a lot of shit in the church and not church world that you don't like, but what would it take to get Toby or Joey to actually hold a sign and go somewhere and pick it or protest yeah, I don't think
3: there's anything I
2: mean the, the, I, the, I can't even think of, of a thing so that you know so how to solve that is well there's tons of stuff if you want to protest that would be probably possibly worthy of protest I guess but right. nah, I mean yeah, I, 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 I don't I don't I have any recommendations for anybody to protest anybody
1: I would in fact worthy. say let them start a church and you go to it and see what you actually think I mean all the people in Arizona probably don't really know yeah, it's fine and now. to a little bit of an extent I mean Here's the thing. I think the person that got most damaged and the most hurt from all of this probably was Mark Driscoll. Like, and hopefully he's learned something and grown from this. I mean, it was bad, but I would even say for the majority of people, they just like, oh, well, our church isn't here anymore. Like The people that really got affected personally by him, I think that that part was really true. But I would say even the majority of the thousands and thousands of people that went to Mars Hill were just like regular people. And they're like, oh man, our, our pastor did something bad. You know what I mean?
2: They don't even know. Oh, definitely. There's a lot of people like that. Yeah. Like the, the people. Yeah. The people that were hurt the most were the people inside and, right. you know, higher up and medium up and, you know, do, they were in. Right. Really in the system. But there's so many people that I know that during when it collapsed they were like, what? Yeah. I don't even know what you mean. Wait. People said bad stuff about who? What? Did he, I mean, they didn't even just. You know, uh, that's the casual attender at any church is not. <laughs> unfortunately, I would put it this way. The casual attender, meaning the median attender at any church, <laughs> and this is across the board, is in <laughs> honestly no position to be hurt. <laughs> not really right. possible. What are you going to do? What do you hurt? The doors close next week? I mean, somebody, tell, you know, it's not, if you're not really involved, then you, your liabilities are low <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
1: I, I would say overall what he did was, be a dick to people use his power in a uh, manipulative way that probably a little bit of fear based and stuff like that but i would say majority of people didn't even understand what was going on and like right. you said like most people don't know what's going on in their no, churches that's don't. why they're all shocked to no know when something yeah. happens like oh yeah because i mean they're casual people are so casual christian which goes back to what we we're saying earlier i think that's a symptom of you can be casual when you're like oh, yeah. yeah i heard that okay yeah yeah when things get a
3: little bit better, you don't need God, and then no, you need him. When you're yeah, you're not casual at the football game when your team scores a touchdown.
2: That's right. Joey. The bottom line is no pastor wants to run off all their casual pe- people. That's for sure. They sure are glad to have them.
3: Yep. All right. This is a sad story. Matt, that's a sad from, point, but true, buddy.
1: From KTBS, teen falls into wood chipper and dies. Oh,
3: wait a second. Can you just thank me? Good job, Joey. No, I'm not looking for a good job. I'm looking for a thank you from thank Toby. you. Nope, not from you, Matt. Looking for a thank you. And and not, not I'm not discarding your thank you as a waste and not worthy of something. But I want to hear Toby say, hey, thank you. That was a good story. That brought some interesting conversation.
1: It wasn't really a news story. It was a thing that you created. The,
3: no, the news story was that you have a new segment of your... <laughs> <laughs> I want a, a new column. segment.
2: A column. Do you following. have a I column wanna, coming up, no. Toby?
1: Hey, listen. Can we have a roving reporter, Virgil Svenson, come in and just do ratings on wieners? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Virgil Svensson. Today, we have Zach. Uh, Zach, go ahead and whip it out. Okay, Zach. Thank you very much. Now here's what I'd like to report.
2: <laughs> You're good. You're good. Zach's coming in, good. in at a strong four and a half inches. Well in the normal range. <laughs> Zach, you're approved. Thank you, buddy.
1: Back to you, Toby. Oh, man. That would be awesome. Uh, This sounds kind of sad. Teen falls into wood chipper and dies during first day of work. A teen? I I can't believe how many people live and survive. I I felt like I should have died, too, when I was a teen. But, man, I I can't believe you made it. I can't either. My
2: dad can't either.
1: A teen has died in North Carolina after he He was pulled into a wood chipper on his first day. Pulled into
2: Uh, it? Well, you know, you get called, it pulls you on in. This this
1: actually comes from uh, roving reporter Ashton Childs, by the way.
2: Thanks, Ashton.
1: (sighs) Yeah, thanks for bringing us all down. Um, WRALTV reports that Cox was attempting to kick a tree branch. (laughs) Just dumbass kid. That's exactly what we all would do. Kick a tree branch. that got jammed in the machine when he was pulled in. Crawford hit the kill switch and put the machine in reverse, but it was already too late. Cox was pulled into the machine, sending his coworkers and boss into a tailspin of emotion. His oh. colleagues started running around in shock, ripping off their gloves and their hats.
3: Oh. Crawford,
1: meanwhile, suffered a heart attack at the scene. <laughs> that is awful. Another guy had a heart attack because of that. This is just almost unbearable, Ashton. You son of a bitch! Why'd you send us this? Do you
3: realize how that's? They're never gonna be able to shake that experience ever. Yeah, like they'll never be able to shake that.
2: Yeah, my. I mean, that's the kind of thing that my dad would have. I mean, how did I survive, Toby? My dad was always worried that I would die for sure, and he thinks like you or other people. You son, you don't. You don't get it. Like you're too reckless or careless or whatever that is that people say about me. Uh, but he would never. Just... My dad owns a heavy equipment business. That's what he's done his whole life is motor graders and scraper pans and uh, steam rollers and compactors. And all you know, all those kinds of heavy equipment. And so you know, uh, you're supposed to take over your father's business, but he would never let me anywhere near anything. Like you know, all the way through teenager and the so right. I, I ultimately worked for him and did a bunch of stuff, but I wound up doing engineering and estimating and computer takeoffs and uh you know blueprint stuff and all all that kind of thing. But he would never let me you know run the run the backhoe or anything kind of thing ever for that thing. He would tell me stories to scare me about stuff like that. He explained it. Tell, he told me stories that you know about guy getting run over by a compactor and the, he sees him go up under and then he comes back over. You know right. it was a hand story. He didn't see when his First hand experience, but somebody getting pulled up under a compactor steamroller and rolling back up on the other side, and you know, that kind of thing. So it's a, you know, it really is true. You don't have that what it takes to, uh, I mean, you, your judgment just isn't good. People say that about the brain is that the cognitive part outer parts of your brain are not fully developed, you know, especially in males as teenagers, it, well into their 20s before your real decision making is actually good. So it's just bad judgment, like teenage male drivers at 16 and you know that kind of stuff is just really really poor decision making like you know what is dangerous and what is not. Uh all, you know all the way through into your 20s. So, I mean, it's not really being around equipment and stuff like that is not not a really good idea for teenagers for you know the uh, biological reasons
1: yeah it's just not you don't pay attention you're trying to do too much and you just think oh, i'm fine i can take over the world and as we all know teenagers are dumbasses mm-hmm. i was a dumbass you don't and it's I, just i was really thinking about that you really just don't know anything and you think you know stuff like i it's so crazy like think i was even thinking about like relationships i was in and thought of the girl as Mature or something, and, I, and or myself as mature making mature decisions. I was like, and now in retrospect, I'm like, no, I was a complete idiot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know
2: anything, and I don't understand why you read stories like that. I mean, Joey, yeah, I really enjoy your column. You said you wanted serious stories. <laughs> yeah, just I like Joey's column better. Yeah, you don't like? Well, we should, well, you should save these the next time. For next time, we have Shane Claiborne on at least. I, I was hoping gracious. people.
1: I was hoping people. You know, they realize people die and then we come back to the news. Well,
3: I'm just glad that. <laughs> It wasn't funny. Like, all right, I got one last news segment. Well,
2: you laughed at the guy that got eaten by an alligator, Pastor Joey. So, fine, that's not horrifying. I was laughing at another podcast I was
3: listening
1: to. No, you weren't. You don't listen to podcasts. (laughs)
3: Actually, that's I'm a new man, brother. I still don't believe
1: you. All right, this last one, this comes from Yahoo, which I like a lot. And y'all junk news talk shit about, but I love old Yahoo. Women are happier married to men with this trait. Giant Johnson, roving reporter. Virtual (laughs) Switzer. (laughs) Even if you have to stand on a chair to kiss a tall husband, he might make you happier. Happy wife, happy life. The saying goes, the onus of that cliche is always placed on the man whose job it is to make his wife happy. However, you can make yourself a happy wife by marrying a man who is taller than you. A survey conducted by researchers of Konkuk University in Seoul, South Korea examined 7,850 Indonesian women in a long-term population study with the aim of discovering whether a taller male partner had a discernible effect on the happiness of the female. Turns out it does. Huh. And the happiness level, the woman feels, only grows as the height disparity gets bigger. That isn't a perfect awesome. fix for happiness, however. The feeling weakened over time and was gone entirely by 18 years. <laughs> 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 the next time a celebrity couple splits after roughly a, that time lapse, eyeball their height, height difference and see if this study provides any insight. Um, I thought that was interesting, Matt, because you're way taller than Bridget, and maybe Bridget's super happy, but 18 years from now, you probably will be divorced. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> For sure. I mean that's why I don't let her wear high heels, you know, or anything. Gotta keep I gotta maximize my effect if I'm gonna have yeah. a chance for sure. You
1: think that's just the thing where like somebody's bigger than you so you feel a little safe around them?
2: No, this is uh, this is just classic Yahoo junk news. I'm sorry. Why is that? It just this doesn't mean a, anything. Yes, it does. It was a study they did on seven thousand eight hundred and fifty people. It, it's it's not, a lot of people. Uh, uh, that's a it's a you know, wor- worthless, unfortunately. I don't Dang, think it's worth mad a it just is that's Matt. a huge prop- Opponent Matt, of your news? Yeah, I no. I mean, but man, this is scientific. I mean, uh, opponent, man, this is scientific. <laughs> no, it is not.
3: Yes, it is. You're arguing with science, Matt. I'm not science,
2: no. Matt. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I think this is. I think it's legit. I think it's
1: kind of interesting that that matters, but it's it's,
2: it's not. It's core It's you know, it's not causal. It's correlated, but that's not cause. Okay, Joey, you got anything to say? I agree with Matt.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Now, I actually think that this is another <laughs> cultured, uh, definitely a, a cultured deal. I mean, tall, dark, and handsome. We've all heard that. I mean, when a girl sees right. someone back in the day in the 50s, you watch the movies, just like, oh, he's so nice and oh, he's so tall. That definitely is something that if you meet someone and you're, you're a girl and he happens to be really short, that's something you got to think through. Okay, I mean, I'm a little taller than him. So obviously, if you meet a super tall guy that you're not even close, that's that's got to be a perk. It seems like it. Yeah, I would say
1: like, I mean, just honestly, the back in the day, evolutionary wise, the bigger guy got the girl and that's meant something, right? Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, that's sol- that's solved by. So some, that might be in our brain somewhere. The bigger is better. I'm just saying that's solved by attraction alone. You know what I mean? Like it's, if you're attracted to, to you could be attracted to whatever you want to. Also, this is in a whole nother culture. That doesn't negate that they're happier. With a taller spouse or something if it points to anything it points to the fact that you know uh which I don't disagree with that the more the more differentiation you would have as a whole from the male to the female would be would probably be a good thing overall uh you know bigger hands more hair stronger like all those things would probably be along the same but this is but what I'm saying is this is only seven thousand people and it's in a completely different culture than ours and it's it's just I mean it's very very little to go on and it's kind of an obvious thing anyway apparently indonesian people don't count to matt (laughs)
3: that's messed up
2: but if you wanted to make that evolution uh effect like that 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 actually probably is supported by the 18 year thing because you know you know over time like it's only a matter of it's the, the the effect is only needed during procreative uh potential for natural selection to do its thing So that's why diseases like Huntington's or things that are late onset don't get genetically selected against because they're after they occur after you have uh you know reproduced kind of thing. So the effect isn't needed after what you know.
1: I would for sure be happy if Jess was like seven two. Yeah, I would (laughs) feel super happy, (laughs) and that's the truth, and that's the damn news. I do not believe that. If Jess was seven two, I would love it. I don't believe that. <laughs> yes, I would. She, if I fell asleep in the car, she picked me up and carried me and laid me in bed. I'd be so happy.
3: Joshua <laughs> Polanski, Alex Hagen, Albino, Azriel Resendez, Al Dente. <laughs> I think I've read these names before. So hey, guys, y'all are double dipping today, and that's okay. Pierce, Christian, Buck, William, Kyle, Hayworth, Matthew, Robinson, Chris Cross, Aaron Hoff, Austin Dorkson, Doe Irkson, Tracy. Rad Duns, Stephen Sproul, Misty Jordan, John Lauer, Key, John Louder to the third, and Jessica Morell. That's weird. We give to the BC Club. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. And Jess
1: and I, we really believe in what you guys are doing. <laughs> <laughs>